Hi, greetings, fellow geeks, and welcome to another episode of Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three bras discuss anything and everything geeky. I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and I am never alone on this geeky journey. I have two of my closest friends with me. First off, Christina, what's going on? What's up? And Katie. Hello. Greetings, evening. What's going on, guys? You guys doing okay on this uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night? We're making it. We're going <laughs> to survive this, I promise. We hope, as long as I don't Katie cough. Katie might. Not, as long as I don't cough along onto my microphone. This, like may, become a, this may become a duo instead of a trio. <laughs> we love Katie, and she's going to feel better. So, <laughs> But she's making it for us, kids. She's making it just because she loves, she loves what she's doing with us, so. All right, we're going to have some fun today. Um, We are going to talk about binge watches, specifically in quarantine. So obviously the world kind of went to uh, shit a little bit last year. And we're coming out of the other side of it, kids. Uh, We're getting to a brand new normal. So that's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully. Cross fingers. But while we were all kind of stuck inside, uh, I guarantee we all watched some type of TV show on some type of streaming service. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about our favorite binge watches. And we each all, well, all of us have two. And then we have one big one that we all three of us loved. So to kick it off, I will start. So the first binge that I did during quarantine was a show called Avatar The Last Airbender. It's totally geeky. It's animated. Uh, it's anime style and it's freaking amazing so this show is a journey of a character called ang and he is the last airbender um which is part of the four nations in this world made up of the four different elements earth fire water air so he has been chosen as to become the next avatar which happens every uh, generation and the avatar learns and becomes uh, very proficient in all four different elements. So you follow his journey, becoming this uh, this avatar uh, to protect what is going on in the world, which right now in the series is the Fire Nation. It has started a civil war uh, throughout the entire world. So it's it's a really fun show. It was on Nickelodeon super popular i was very late to the game to it and i kind of hate myself for being late to it it's really fantastic storytelling like it it's just a very coming of age type of show there's some pretty deep themes in it obviously you have a lot of humor as it, it being animation definitely for kids but there's obviously the aspect of a deeper theme of Again, becoming who you are, trusting and building friendships and everything like that. It's a really fantastic show. I highly recommend uh, watching it if you haven't watched it. I believe it's still on Netflix right now. Um, it's a great binge. It's only three seasons and it's like perfect kind of afternoon, raining type of situation. If you kind of like uh, animation, which I do. I'm a huge animation nerd. I love animation. And also, within the show, if you're a Star Wars nerd, there's two Star Wars nerdy things in the show. So one, Mark Hamill voices one of the characters in the show. 
and two, Mr. Dave Filoni himself. So if you know who that is, you already probably ears are perked. He directed and was part of the creative team through this uh, for this show, obviously before joining Star Wars Clone Wars. So this is where kind of Dave started his whole uh, his whole start on animation. So it was really, really cool to see. So I highly recommend the show. I don't know if either of you have watched it before, but it's totally cool. I love it. There's obviously another show that follows another character called Korra. I highly recommend that too, but this one in particular is great. The voice actors are amazing. Like I said, Mark Hamill's in it. Can't really go wrong with Mark Hamill. He's a great voice actor. So that is my first pick of binge watched during quarantine. So Christina, what was your uh, first quarantine binge series you want to talk about? I want to talk about is the key to that whole sentence. Um, because let's face it, we all did Tiger King and all that garbage right away when we thought this was going to be a two week shutdown. Um, we didn't think this was going to be long. So, but I, um, I moved in December and I needed something to watch. And all of my friends, Laura, you were included. were like, watch Cobra Kai. I was like, come on. Like, cheesy movies i mean i liked the movies back many years ago when i was young but super cheesy i found you know ralph macchio to be a little annoying let's face it but he was like so dreamy back in the 80s um and so i finally said fine i'll watch this stupid show and I watched the first season and I wasn't like obsessed with it. I didn't love it. So many people were um, because I realized by the end of the first season that Daniel LaRusso, Ralph Macchio himself, is a freaking annoying. So annoying. Such a douche. He's super, such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, like super over it. I, I was talking to one of my friends who uh, about two hours ago said to me, um, I said, what should I talk about about Cobra Kai? And his response was, tell them this hot guy, you know, told you to watch it. Um, so doesn't listen to the podcast. But actually, you are not the reason that I watched the show. All my girlfriends are the reason I watched the show because Lauren and Jamie and Sarah were all like, it's amazing. You should watch it. Um, so I tried season one and I got I was over it. I was like, I'm not watching this again. And so then season two, I was like, OK, fine, I will watch this. Um, and season two, it does get a little bit better. John Kreese makes me want to punch myself, right? So as he comes on, like, why do we have to bring that ass hat back? I get that it's for the storytelling. Um, my question about Cobra Kai, and you guys let me know your thought process on this. Are we all supposed to fall in love with Johnny Lawrence? Because. Yes. Yeah, you're supposed to feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> like, just just fall in love with him um he wants so much and and he had it he had a tough go of it and you're supposed to in the original movies right you're supposed to feel bad for daniel and you're supposed to be like oh this poor kid grew up poor and look at what he's made of himself now in the show um but no i'm here for johnny lawrence this is where johnny's the reason i'm watching the show at this point um but I watched season three. I loved watching how they still tied it back to 1984, right? Like these are some some tight high uh, ties that really, you know, went back a long time. And 
and a lot of hatred that really shouldn't be like these two realistically should have been best friends from the beginning. Um, but you can see why they have that battle. Um, so many things are great about it. I love the way that they they made it relate to modern day, how they they still take it back to kids the same age. Um, one thing that I struggled with, though, because how old in the original Karate Kid are Johnny and Daniel supposed to be? They're in high school. Uh, 17, I think. Yeah. Were they 17? So that would I, make them okay because I read yeah. like, oh, now they're in their 50s. And I was like, that doesn't seem. And maybe it's aging myself a little more than anything when it was like the 1984 competition. And now suddenly they're in their 50s because I was alive in 1984. Barely, but I made it. Um, and so when they said the word 50s in 1984 together, I really struggled with that for some reason. Um no, but I thought that like it was very smartly written. It was used to bring in a lot of common things that kids go through now, yet you also are seeing those same things through the adults' eyes because, let's face it, the kids are reflecting upon what the adults are showing them um, and making it okay. But I will say it took me – I didn't really binge it. Do I really call it a binge when it took me four months? Because yeah, I would watch a big. season and then I would kind of back off for a while. But then like things like Bridgerton happened. Do you want to really talk about that? Um, but I would like watch a season and then I'd forget about it. And then someone would say like, well, did you ever finish Cobra Kai? And I'd go back to it. Um, but as I finished season three, I was like, what the fuck? Where's season four? Like now I need it. Now I need it. And I didn't expect that to happen because I was so resistant from the beginning to watch it. Um, but I do love how it has evolved as a show. I think it got better when Netflix took it over um, because season one and two, I believe, was not done by Netflix. It was YouTube and somebody else. And then season three is when Netflix had full rights and everything went through Netflix. And you can actually see season three is the best season of them. So I think season four is going to be awesome. And I will binge that whenever that happens. I don't I couldn't find a date, but I didn't exactly look that deeply to find one either. Yeah, they don't. There's not a date for season four yet. Obviously, it's going to be probably next year. Um, I don't know. It's a good show. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, Karate Kid was cool back in the day. They may, they kind of leaned into that nostalgia, but not like overtly so it's like hints but it's really like it's just done really really well i think personally yeah i think it's important that you didn't necessarily have to see the karate kid movies to watch the show like it helped but there's probably a full generation out there that may have watched the show that never saw or was like i'm not watching this movie from the mid 80s um or whatever your karate kid came out so I don't think you had to necessarily know the backstory to understand the show once you got no, into it, which is always a good, a good thing when you're going nostalgia. They did a good job explaining it throughout the show, like where you didn't have to really, yeah, see the movies. They kind of explained everything. And it doesn't which really was- hurt when you cast a Disney Channel actress in something either. That, that'll, <laughs> that'll bring people to the yard right away. Yeah, no, 100%. Good choice, Chris. That's a, that is a very good binge. I think a lot of people definitely binged on that during quarantine. Uh, Katie, what about you? What's your first one? Well, Lauren, you were you were a day one on Cobra Kai for sure. Like back when it was on YouTube, I want to say. You've been telling me to watch that for a long time too. Um, I've seen both of yours. 
And my binge is something that I was a day one on, uh, but kind of fell behind on and so had to catch up during uh, during quarantine. And it is Killing Eve. It is Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer uh, just ramping up the crazy tension. Uh, it is a kind of cat and mouse spy thriller, very... Oh, very women driven. I mean, almost all women, uh, all of the main characters are women. All of the action revolves around them. It is on BBC America. It's streaming on Hulu right now. There are three seasons out and the fourth season is going to be the final season that comes out next year. So, um, the premise is Eve Sandra O's character is, uh, is working in MI5. She's really bored. Uh, she messes up and gets fired and gets uh, recruited to be a part of MI6 and kind of a more underground, a little bit more exciting uh, role tracking this um, very accomplished, very mysterious assassin called Villanelle, who is played by Jodie Comar, uh, who is just insane. I mean, she is... So she plays her with such a craziness. I mean, she she's very childlike in one moment. And then, you know, she's she's just doing awful, brutal things. And uh, it's lovely to watch the two of them play off of each other, because as the show goes on, they kind of become more and more obsessed with each other. And Eve starts to kind of emulate things that Villanelle does and Villanelle is like writing her postcards and, and love notes. I, I won't like spoil too much, but it's just very interesting the way they interact with each other without being face to face. Um, and then the supporting cast is, is really great. There's a lot of uh, Fiona Shaw uh, is a accomplished British actress. She's one of those faces, like, you know, that you've seen before. Um, and she, she's really great as uh, Eve's boss pretty much in this. And it's lots of twists and turns, um, which I appreciate. I'm one of those people that can like pick the ending from a mile away. And that makes television boring for me sometimes, <laughs> but this I it is always surprising me. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's based off a book series. So uh, they are really, really uh, good. They had some good source material to work with. But what they have done is had female writers come in. And there's been a different um, female writing head for each season. Phoebe Waller-Bridge was season one, who is, whoa, I love her. <laughs> Fleabag. Um, she, she's fantastic. And then season two was... Emerald Fennell, who directed Promising Young Woman, if you've seen that. And then season three was Suzanne Heathcote. And season four is going to be Laura Neal. Um, I don't know much of their work. Suzanne worked on um, Fear the Walking Dead, but I, I'm very anti-Walking Dead now. <laughs> so anyway, that is, uh, that is my Killing Eve. There is just lots of... Lots of interesting interactions between those two characters and lots of like Eve just kind of testing the waters of madness and brutality. Like it's just so it's so interesting and so fun. And I don't I don't want to spoil a whole lot, but Is lots this all of twists set and turns. in like present day. Is it's it present all set day? in present day. Okay. And um 
yeah, it's all set in in Europe, primarily. Yeah, only in Europe, but they're primarily in London. Uh, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Jenny Comer wears some. Oh my, it's so good. Well, anything <laughs> Sandra O. Oh, just I yeah. just like she's one of those people that you're like she's gonna make good choices with her roles. You know, like John Goodman. Yeah, exactly. And she's won multiple awards. Jodie Comar has won multiple f- awards. Um, Fiona Shaw has won awards for her performance as a supporting actress. Uh, it's it's one of those shows that because it's I guess because it's on BBC America, like not a lot of people have really seen from the beginning. Uh, but now that it's on Hulu, it's a little bit more accessible, and it's got all these awards under its belt. It's definitely something you should watch. And it's only three seasons right now. Four seasons coming up, so it's an easy binge. No, I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued with it. I was definitely you've told you've been talking about it for a while. I and I remember you saying I should watch it. <laughs> I just haven't watched it yet, so I'll have to watch it. That's good to know. Good to know. So, Killing Eve and you know what we Cobra need. Kai, we need choices, a place yeah. that we can like list these and then come back and give our reactions when we've watched each other's binges. Yeah, we can do that. Just trying. To th- I'm just thinking out loud here. I like that idea. I mean, both of mine are going to be animation, so I hope you like cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try it, Chrissy. Don't knock animation. animation I tried Clone Wars. Where is that? I got like halfway through Clone Wars. Uh, see, I got to, but there's a way to watch it. See, I watched gotta... it the way you told me you sent it to me. Okay, so I did send you My the favorite part order. was the, all the quotes at the beginning of every episode. That was like the thing I it is liked cool. the best. We'll have to get you into. We'll have to get you back into it, especially with Star Wars Rebels is my favorite cartoon, animation, adult program. That's what I like to call it, animation program. The adult animation program. That's a different podcast, Lauren. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. This isn't that type of podcast. Okay, so moving on. So right now we have Killing Eve. We have Cobra Kai. We have Avatar: The Last M- Airbender for me. So let's go into our next round of binges. Okay, so again, sticking with animation for me, Netflix came out with a series of Transformers, which I have said before, I love Transformers. I was a huge fan back in the 80s and 90s. Loved the original movie from Michael Bay. That's probably that and Bumblebee are probably the ones I like out of the movies that have come out. But Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy. So Netflix got this rights to the this series based obviously on the popular toy line from Hasbro. Uh, it's a three part uh it's a three three part series. So the first two have come out, which is the first one's called Siege, and then the next one's called Earth Rise, and then Kingdom comes out this July. So obviously, if you're familiar with Transformers, you know what it is. But if not, you follow the adventures of the Autobots and the Decepticons. Obviously, Optimus Prime is the leader of the Autobots. Megatron is the leader of the Decepticons. And they're going after what is called the Allspark. And what happens in Siege is that they, Optimus Prime and the Autobots have to stop Megatron and the Decepticons from using the Allspark to reformat and reprogram all the Autobots into Decepticons. So... Uh, at the end of uh, of Siege, the Allspark goes through a space bridge, and so Earth in Earth Rise. So in the next season, Earth Rise, the hunt for the Allspark is is 
is what they is what we follow. So the Autobots and the Decepticons both track it down. And they fight to obviously get control of this AllSpark so they can either rebuild Cybertron somewhere or keep it away from uh, Decepticons from doing whatever they need or want to do with it. But in Earthrise, they obviously, what's happening is that they start heading towards Earth. And so the next part of this series, Kingdom, will be when the Autobots come to Earth. So kind of exciting. Again, I'm a dork. I like animation. I love this series. The animation is pretty cool. Um, if you, you know, it's, it's, it's different than obviously like the eighties and nineties, a little more sleeker, but still very, very cool. The only thing I was a little bummed about, and I know, I don't know. I think both of you might be Transformers fans. I can't remember, but the voice of Optimus Prime from the eighties was from a gentleman called Peter Cullen. And he didn't do the voice of Optimus Prime in this series, which was a little bit bummer just because that's like the voice of Optimus Prime to me when I was a kid. And obviously that he does it in the movies. So it's just like that voice is like Optimus Prime, just like um, Vader's voice is James Earl's Jones, like Optimus Prime is Peter Cullen. But that's like my only small nitpick for this series. It's really cool. Again, if you like Transformers and that, uh, that particular kind of storyline with, with that, you'll like it. Um, Jake Fauci does the voice of uh, Prime, and he does a really good job with it. So, again, highly recommend watching the Netflix series. Katie, go ahead. Is it CG or is it traditional animation? It's kind of traditional, more more than CG. Like, I would love a whole series, like, if from Bumblebee, if you've seen that movie, like, the beginning of that movie is fucking fantastic i love the cgi in that movie that's what i want for transformers like series or show or movies but it's traditional it's traditional animation which is still kind of cool like it's it it is yeah. i like it i like it a lot it's interesting. you don't really see that all that often anymore right, right 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 it's very it's not anime but it's like a little bit like style is kind of you know influenced a little bit but it's really, really cool. It's a great, 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 great binge, I think. Again, it's only two seasons, and then there's going to be the third one in July. It's real quick. I think there's like eight or nine episodes per, and they're like, I don't know, 30 minutes. So it's a really quick binge. Again, if you like Transformers like I do, highly recommend it. Christina, what's your next one? So I went total like the WBCW all on Netflix, like early to late 2000s shows. Um, and I started with Gossip Girl. And the reason why is because that Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick movie came out. What was that? A Simple Plan or whatever. And I hadn't watched it. And Blake Lively's God, fashion in that is just so effing bomb, right? And I hadn't watched it. And so I really wanted to, and it made, I watched the movie and I was like, oh, remember when Blake Lively's fashion and Gossip Girl was just killer. So I watched Gossip Girl and I forgot how like, just how shows in the 2000s were just so non-realistic, right? Like, let's face it. No one was living these kids' lives. Even like the people that you think were living these kids' lives, they weren't living those lives. Stop. It's not realistic. On, uh, even on the Upper East Side, this is not happening. Um, but I Dawson's loved it. Creek I was, was here for it. Huh? 
I said Dawson's Creek was all a lie. There wasn't a kid down. Dawson's Creek was a lie other than Pacey because Josh Jackson has my heart for life. We um, stand Pacey. Yes. Still have not. Fuck the stand thing, Lauren. Fuck the stand thing. I hate you both. Um, I still have not watched. I started Mighty Ducks. I got three seconds into the series and went, yeah, I can't I do it. I can't do it. I said, no. I said, no. Give me Josh Jackson and then I'll watch it. I'm not doing it. And I turned it off. Emilio Estevez. Um, he's fantastic in this show. I don't care. And Lauren no. Graham. No, get that. Lauren Graham is in my next show, by the way. Um, so I, 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 I did Gossip Girl. Um, loved every second of it. Like gave me all the throwback I needed. And it's one of those things that you can like turn on and walk away. Or like if you're working from home, you can it can be on in the background and you're not really paying attention. I think we need to address the fact that Katie is drinking from a quarantine 2020 mug. As we are recording this, talking about our quarantine. <laughs> so quarantine 2020. Um, but She's then my next brand. show, my next show I watched was Gossip Girl. And that's because they I they had just done Gossip Girl A Year in the Life, you know, the reboot. Um or Gilmore Girls. Why did I say Gossip Girl? I can't even read my own notes. So Gilmore Girls I watched. I did Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. And so, you know, now we're going a little earlier in the 2000s and I always was kind of Rory-like, always had my book in my hand, you know, thought I was smarter than I was. Um, so great, Lauren Graham. Just She's so amazing. She's like one of my faves in everything. Um, but again, now we're back on the WB. So we're here for that. Um, watched it, really enjoyed every minute of it, forgot about it. Always, you know, as an adult now. Now, okay, watching it now, you're the same age as Lorelai. Like, you're the same age Lorelai is, I am at least, throughout the series. And so I can't imagine having this teenage daughter and all of these things like that. And so, you know, it really gave you some great insight. I, I enjoyed every minute again. I, one of those shows that you can just kind of have on and go back to. I realize that I'm probably going to have people who hate me for this. Um, Dean is a bitch. Everybody had that boyfriend like Dean in high school that was a whiny little bitch boy. And that is what he was. And that was, I think I sent out a Facebook post or a tweet or something where I was like, F this. I Rory needs to get rid of Dean. Quit your crying and whining. I walked out of a boy in the ice rink when I was about 16 for his crying, crying and whining, just like Dean was. And it gave me PTSD. Um, I am going to be starting Dawson's Creek soon because that is on Netflix now yes. and I am intending yes. to fully watch it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in the next two weeks, but I'm moving again, guys. So that could be something I do once I get relocated. Um, but I, I'm very much looking forward to some Joshua Jackson in my life. I do. I do not need James Vanderbeek. I'm not here for Dawson. I mean... Back then I might have been, but now I'm like, mm, no, Pacey all the way. But something I started um, about a month ago, actually, more recently, because I hadn't watched it since college when we rented the VHS tapes and oh, good God, let me age myself a little bit. Um, sophomore year of college, my roommates and I went to the movie store and we rented Sex in the City on VHS. And we thought it was awesome. We wanted to be those independent, hardworking women out having one night stands and drinking Cosmos in the big city. Like that's what we wanted to be in our, you know, our early thirties. And now you watch it when you're in your thirties and you're like, you're pathetic. 
I was so I turned off by the show being in my 30s, not like I was when I was 20. When I was 20, it was like, I need that life. Those are strong, independent women. Now they're pathetic. Like watching them in your 30s, you're like, why are you just chasing men all over the city? Why is your self-worth based on the attention you're getting from men? Grow up, man up, like realistically stop. Um, And so you thought it like it is. It's so weird. I couldn't watch it. I stopped during season one. I was like, I can't finish this. And maybe it's because I'm like this 30 something move into the big city in next couple weeks. But But it was just like, you're pathetic. This is pathetic. Like, those are the women that at this point in my life, I would look at them in a bar or in a restaurant or even now social media is so prevalent, which it wasn't then. Can you imagine sex in the city with social media? Good God almighty. I just sat there and was like, this is lame. I can't watch this anymore. It is so outdated. It does not relate to today's times and how women are today at all. Um. Because that is their their entire self-worth as people was on whose bed they could climb out of in the next episode. And that is just not what we as 30-something women are about anymore. Um, so I tried to binge it. That's when I tried to binge and I couldn't do it. That's fair. You got to rewatch Dawson's Creek. I did that rewatch like, I think it was during quarantine or maybe right before it. It doesn't. It's funny watching it now because when I was a kid at 13, watching that show, I was like, really? Do kids really talk like this? Like, this is kind of fucking stupid. Yeah. But now watching it as an adult, it's kind of funny. And it doesn't sound like it doesn't make more sense, but just I maybe I understand it a little better now. But it's still like there are parts I'm just like, what? This is so bad. But Joshua Jackson is excellent in that show. I love him so much. I love Joshua Jackson. Pacey, Team Pacey all the way, for sure. For sure. Okay, Katie, um, go ahead. I have, I have a confession. Go ahead. I've never Team seen No, I've never seen any of these shows. <laughs> I, no, but I agree. I haven't either. I have not None seen Gilmore Girls or mm-hmm. I've, I, I've never oh, seen Oh, guys, come on. Okay. Okay. It's, I, I have, my queue is super long, but I'm definitely Gilmore Girls is something that I'm interested in watching. Um, I was drugged to, uh, Sex in the City 2, the movie. That was all I needed to know of that universe. That was it. No, it's <laughs> probably not the best introduction to that universe, but no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Christina. Like, um, I don't, I don't have time for those kind of women in my life. Very true. Yeah. I don't think I, I watch those movies. But yeah, I don't I don't think I ever watched that show ever, 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 ever. Okay, Katie, what is your next binge show? My next binge is so good. Um, I've referenced it on the pod before. It is on Amazon Prime. It is two seasons and the third season is coming next year. It is The Boys. And the premise is what happens if superheroes use their powers for bad like what if they are using all of their power just to get what they want and to be sneaky and evil on like good face to the public but sneaky and evil in the background oh it's so delicious and um i i will say though i had to be convinced to continue with the show because right off the bat they are not good to their women um but 
I will say that comeuppance happen. So that is what made me continue with the show. Um, so just fair warning with that. It's based off a graphic novel. Uh, the same creators that created Preacher, if you are familiar with that one, which is a show on AMC, I believe, is, was, I don't know, I didn't watch it. Um, same guys. Uh, and Eric Kripke, who is the creator and writer from Supernatural, developed it for television alongside Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who is a writing partner, frequently collaborates with um, Seth Rogen. Uh, basically your characters are the seven, the highest of the high, like the Avengers of this universe, right? These are the superheroes that everybody knows and everybody wants to be. Um, and then the anti to them is the boys who are a bunch of vigilantes who are, know about the seedy underbelly of the superhero lifestyle, know about all the shady shit they've done. Uh, and are trying to expose it and trying to kind of bring down the corporation that controls them, which is called Vought. And Vought is basically Disney Marvel on steroids and crack. It is, it is insane the way that these characters are they're, they're real life characters, but they also have movie deals. They also have all of these crazy endorsements. They also have, television shows they have speaking engagements i mean they are marketing every aspect of their life and they are creating this public image of them that only of course serves to enrich vaught as a company the cast on this is amazing um jack quaid who is dennis quaid and meg ryan's son uh, is one of the main characters and he makes facial expressions that look exactly like his father. It's really kind of striking. Uh, another big guy is Carl Urban, who I love. <laughs> he is fantastic. His character is called Billy Butcher and he is broody and ruthless and just, you love to watch him. You love to watch him succeed. Um, Erin Moriarty is great. She is Annie slash Starlight. She is the newest member of the Seven. She starts off super naive and ready to save the world. And she very quickly like realizes what she's gotten herself into and that it's all a big game. You know, they change her costume completely and it's basically a bathing suit, of course. And um, it's this whole, the commentary throughout this, just how it relates to our modern world is just very interesting to me. I, this is another one that's set in present day, right? Uh, it's very bloody. It's very violent. Um, definitely rated R. Maybe a little bit of a maybe a little bit of NC seventeen in some parts. Um, the star of the show. You think you loved to hate Wyatt Russell as John Walker? You will absolutely love to hate. Anthony Starr as Homelander, who is basically Captain America. He's got the red, white, and blue. He's got the good boy attitude, blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever, whatever. Um, he is the complete opposite of Captain America in every single way. If you took John Walker and all of his problems and then mashed him with like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, you have Homelander. He is a completely brilliant psychopath sexual predator with mommy and daddy issues somehow he is awful but he's awesome <laughs> like it's really it's really crazy um the what what they are doing with that character it's really fun to watch um 
yeah, there's a whole lot of fun. Like this cast is totally stacked. Simon Pegg uh, is in, he, he plays a recurring character. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he's just this, like this dopey dad and he's wonderful. Uh, Haley Joe Osment shows up. He plays a recurring character, right? <laughs> um, Elizabeth Shue is in this. She is one of the VPs at Vought. Another person who is involved with Vought is Giancarlo Esposito. I mean, who absolutely murders every scene that he is in. He's fantastic. And then for Supernatural people, of course, Eric Kripke is involved. We have Jim Beaver, who plays Bob Singer. (laughs) And if you watch Supernatural, you know, Bobby Singer. It's the same name, which makes me laugh every time. But he's the U.S. Secretary of Defense. Um, So he shows up occasionally. And then in season three, Dean himself, Jensen Eccles, is going to be, I know, right? Ooh. Holy hotness. <laughs> he is going to be one of um, one of a, a new soup on the scene. So they've created this amazing world, you know, where every little bit of these superheroes is marketed and controlled. Um, they have whole, like, universities, like training universities for these superheroes, and that's going to be a spinoff show of the boys. They also have a little bit of a super soldier themes happening and manufactured superheroes and people as weapons and all of these things um, that come into play as the series goes on. So there's lots of lots of duality with all of these characters. They're very, very rich and very... Uh, no one is truly good or truly innocent or truly evil, really. I mean, with the exception of Homelander, I, I feel like I can fairly say that. But anyway, it's it's was a really fun show. It was a really fast binge. Um, the action and the dialogue and you believe that this world exists, you know, Um so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you are, if you're comic book and superhero nerds like we are, and don't mind a little blood and guts and f bombs, then by all means, please, please try it. Yeah, I, I, you've talked about this. I've seen it. A lot of people talk about that show. I have not watched it yet. I know it's on Amazon, correct? Amazon Prime. Laura, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Laura, I'm spending June in Detroit, so. Maybe we need to have some binge days. Yeah, we can do that. Yes. Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I haven't watched this show yet either, but it sounds cool. Like, obviously, we're I'm a superhero fan, so I probably will. I probably would dig it uh, for sure. And I do have Amazon Prime, so that will be a probably definitely watch for sure. Okay, so that is all of our binges individually. Now, we do have one that we have all basically considered the best binge of quarantine of all hands down hands down it's probably the best binge you will ever watch (laughs) and honestly quarantine is the best thing that could have happened to the show too oh 100 percent. and i didn't watch it once guys i've watched it probably five or six times now it's that thing i turn on when i'm like sad or i can just turn on and walk away or I'll have playing in the background and I know I can just be cleaning house and have it on. That's who I am. So we're talking about Schitt's Creek. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about Schitt's Creek and it's a show on Netflix that uh, is, is on, has all the seasons on there now. 
Um, it started on CBC Canadian, and then I think in the U.S. Pop. it came to Pop. Pop. Yep, and Spike. I think Spike TV aired some episodes. I think Comedy Central is airing them now too. Yeah, yeah. So it's available, but on Netflix, obviously, it's there. It's easier to binge. So if you don't know the premise of the show, um, it's 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 really 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 fantastic. So. You follow this family, the Rose family, and Johnny Rose, who is a uh, like blockbuster tycoon guy. He had he's a lot of uh, he owned like a whole video like video store chain. Uh, very wealthy, very rich. His wife Moira was an actress, an ex actress, uh, soap opera actress, to be more specific. And then he has two kids, um, Alexis and David. So basically, after being defrauded by his business manager, the Johnny Rose and his family have to rebuild their lives in a town called Schitt's Creek. So how they get to Schitt's Creek is Johnny bought bought the city, bought the town <laughs> on a on a like a dare with his son, and basically the IRS let them have that as the only asset after they basically took everything. So they have to really like restart and rebuild their lives in this very, very like kind of uh, small, small town, small, you know, small town people that you get introduced to. It's a fabulous freaking show. The writing in it is probably some of the best that has been out there in a long time. It's original. It's, you know the 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 two character the character of Johnny Rose is played by Eugene and his son David Levy. So Eugene Levy, Dan and Dan Levy. I'm sorry, not David. Dan, Dan Levy. They produce this show, so it's a father son kind of uh, collaboration, and it is six seasons, and it's freaking fantastic. These characters you will fall in love with, you will get behind with, you will support. Again, there's just so much to love about this show specifically. Like it's just it's just good. Like the writing is so good. The characters, Stevie, um, uh, is fantastic. You have again, Moira is probably my favorite, um, out of like the Rose family. She's fantastic. And then just the townspeople that you meet. It's just really it's just so good. It's a it's a it's a great bin show. It's it's hilarious. There are, I think, what, thir- 12 episodes maybe per season? Yeah, 12 or 13. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. They're like 20, you know, 20 some minute episodes. They're just, it's just really, really good. So we'll kind of go around the table and maybe talk about a couple of favorite moments. So, Christine, I'll start with you. Any, a couple of favorite moments from the show? I have so many David Rose moments that are my favorite things on the planet. So, my team, um, I have a team of 80 some people and we share David Rose memes or Schitt's Creek memes and things all day long throughout our entire group of people. Um, and so it's become kind of our thing. And one of the very first things when I was doing some recognition to my team, I mean, I'm talking, I joined them um, in the end of November. 
And so this was early December and I, I put on a slide PowerPoint, corporate America, right? PowerPoint recognition. I put on a slide um, this quote, but for what it's worth, I'm continuously impressed by you. And I put David Rose. And now that I am transitioning away from that team in a couple weeks um, before I take on the new one, I actually, and I know some of them listen to this, so I'm thinking this will get broadcast, broadcast after they get their little gifts. But I actually have that quote with David's face, outline of David's face on five by five cardstock where I'm writing little notes to every single one of my employees on the back of it. It personalized notes as a thank you for the opportunity to have been their leader for these last six months. Um, so it's super, I mean, it's like Schitt's Creek is one of those very sentimental things to me because it's something that I could use to bond with essentially 80 people in a really short time period. And I think that's what this show does so well is they bring so many people together from a social perspective. They make everything norm. Everything's the norm. Nothing's ever questioned. And I love that this show did this. Um, I just thought that the fact that you see family, real family bouncing off each other, you know, Twyla, Sarah Levy, she is the daughter of Eugene, Dave, uh, Daniel's sister. Um, I want to be Dan Levy's best friend. Like, let's just talk about that. I will dump any of my best friends. I'm sorry. I love you all, but I will dump you to be his friend if I need to have a limit. Um, because I think he's just got the best heart of a person. If you watch, um, and I would encourage anyone who's watched Schitt's Creek to kind of watch the making of the after party show, like we talked about last week, because you see his heart as a human and it is so beautiful and so uh, just absolutely amazing. Um, but that whole series, I mean, I, the first couple episodes, Laura, if you remember the first couple episodes, I was like, I don't know that I want to do this. This is just kind of. And I tell everyone, yeah, the first couple episodes are kind of cringy, but they're really like laying the groundwork of who the characters are. And then all of a sudden you love them. Very few shows are as well cast as this show. There's no one that could play these roles. Um, Catherine O'Hara, good God, you get that woman in anything and she's going to nail it. Um, and, and I loved all the characters as they came through because they didn't give you that happy ending you always want. You didn't get your Alexis and Ted happy ending that that everyone would sit back and say, oh, well, they have to end up together. Come on. It's just what happens. But you don't get it. You get them growing as people. And I think that is what is so important about this series is the growth that you see in people and that life's not perfect. And that even those at the very top when they fall, life is not perfect. Um but you make the best of it and you end up with your true destiny. And I think that's what the show did. And I'll tell you, it is something that I will watch over and over again. And I will encourage everyone to do the same. Yeah. You get the Patrick and David happy ending for sure, but it was just what they do in a lot of ways and how they kind of, how they did like the LGBTQ kind of storyline in the show was really well done. Like it was just, it was seamless, you know, it wasn't overt in your face or anything like that. They didn't make it like a thing in the show. Like it was just, it was just part of who 
these characters were, right? And you just, it wasn't like questioned or anything like that. It was great. I love what they did in that type of like storytelling. And then just the humor. And then again, Moya Rose, my God, I love her, her, her sayings, her, you know, just her comments are fantastic. Again, yeah, Catherine O'Hare needs all the awards uh, for this show. Katie, what about you? Were you, did you kind of get into it late to the game? Did you binge? What was, like, how did you get into Shit's Creek? I feel like I got into it late, but I binged early, if that makes sense. Like, that was the only thing that I binged for until it was done. Um, you know, because it, it, it had kept, like, popping up. And, of course, you communicate almost exclusively in Schitt's Creek Gifts. So it was one of those things that I needed to. I, do. I, do. I need to. I need to understand these David quotes. Like, let me watch the show. Now that it's on Netflix, let me just pop that on. Um, but, yeah, it. I echo everything that has been said, you know, it, it totally, no one was trying to pretend to be something else on this show. And everything that happened was like, this is happening. This is normal. You know, it, it, it was totally just, it was what it was. And it was so smart and so accepting and warm and loving. Um, even though at the beginning, you know, you kind of, yes, it's a little cringy and yes, you're like, why, you know, reading the premise, like, why do I care about these rich ass people who are now having to live like normal people? You know, that was kind of a lot of the feedback that I got from from friends and and acquaintances who I was like, you've got to watch Shit's Creek, you've got to do it. You know, and they were like, do I really like? Am I gonna like these people? And I'm like, promise you, <laughs> keep keep with it. Um, it's got a lot of heart behind you know all of the craziness and all of the wacky David outfits and all of the wigs and <laughs> and Alexis is like totally inappropriate shoes in every scene um yeah her, it was her a, singing was probably one of my favorite parts of the show oh my gosh a little bit that, of alexis yeah. a little bit of alexis that was great um i have to say though the highlight for me season six i feel like i cried almost every episode in season six and of course the finale forget it forget it that is the only episode that i have seen more than once i'm not i don't know why i'm not a rewatch person i think because i have too much in my queue and i feel like i'm like doing wrong if i go back and watch something that i've already seen but um it just it, it happened the the finale happened to be on i think comedy central and i was like oh, it's the finale i'll watch that and of course i knew what was going to happen i knew all of the points that were going to make me cry and they did again just as hard as the first time you know and it's um so that was definitely a highlight pretty much anything that happened in rose apothecary was a highlight for me uh all of all of those wonderful interactions with those characters and it's a fun a fun universe and i kind of wish we got more of it i kind of wish that they would do more uh just because it is so full of heart and full of positivity and i've i've think we need a little bit more of that in our lives yeah i think that would be they could if i mean if they wanted to if they wanted to they could definitely do some spinoffs but it'd be interesting if they will do that down the road but it's just i they said yeah. no they said that right. they went out on top on purpose that they added it where they I'm wanted to end it, it. I'm but i read a rumor like the other day they, that there's a potential for like a like a quick thing but not a full season 
But I again, it's one of those things that go out on top. You ended it where you needed to end it anymore. Yeah, you don't need now to you're going to like relive on, the same jokes. Like it's and, fine. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, it's fine. Like you don't have I've, to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved Stevie. She was probably like I relate so Stevie much. Stevie was the most relatable character for me. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes, but her, I don't know. I'm was. kind of Alexis like sometimes. <laughs> I'm kidding. By the way, I'm kidding. I'm more Stevie. No, you're not though. It's not. It's not true. <laughs> no, but no, Stevie, but even her yeah. growth, you know, from this like weird, awkward person to now this slightly still weird and awkward, but sure of herself you know she she had that growth um and that's a great moment in the show when david's like you're a businesswoman now she's like yeah i'm right like i know she's like wait a second (laughs) i love stevie so much i love that (laughs) but yeah i katie knows this a lot i do there are so many gifts that you can use in this show like I mean, fantastic. one look at our Twitter and you know how many gifts you can yeah, look use at the for this show. Geek Broad's Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's all we communicate in is animated pictures. <laughs> this is true. Unless it's we're talking 100%. about Stan. <laughs> no, then we just put a poll up. Don't I still be a feel disgruntled pelican, Christina. What the hell's a pelican? Don't. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, don't even start again. I don't have the mental space for this. Quote. Come on, get with it. Oh, it you is, but what the hell does it have to do with Stan? I'm talking about you need to be stop, stop being Oh, a you're calling pelican. me Moira's disgruntled pelican about the Stan thing? Okay, I, I will accept that role. takes away from the joke role. when I have to explain it to you. Dear Lord. I will take. I will accept that role. I thought it was another Stan thing for a hot second. No, no. I'm just calling you a disgruntled pelican. <laughs> I feel like we should make disgruntled pelican happen. I think I'm just going to continue to use it. I used it when that when I first watched that episode for a while now that you brought it back up. It's a fantastic quote. I love it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's got heart, just like Katie said. The show has heart, and it's just it's it's a really well written, like original show that I don't think we have gotten personally in a while. Like an original like sitcom like this. I don't think we have seen something like this in a while. So, all right, so that's it. That's kind of our. Quarantine binges uh, wrap up. So we're going to jump into GBC and then we'll bounce it out of here. So within this type of conversation that we're having, we did have a question from Tales from the Fandom podcast. And their question was, what are your true hidden gems on a streaming service? Doesn't matter which one. Uh, it can be a movie, TV show that you feel like you're the only one that has seen it. Really good question. Um, Again, I, I mean, I'll stick with my, like, Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know a lot of people that have watched it, but I love it. It's a really good show, and I love Korra. That's another uh, in that same universe. It's great animation, great stuff. Christina, your show? So I don't have a show, but around Christmas, Netflix now does the Netflix original Christmas movies, very similar to the Hallmark Christmas movies. And if you know me, Hallmark Christmas movies, I could watch year round. Um, And so these Netflix originals, I can turn them on in no matter how terrible they are. I love every second. And when it says go to the next one, I go to the next one. I don't stop myself. I don't have a limit on this. I will watch them all. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I go with those. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Katie, what about you? Any movie, TV show, like a hidden gem that you think people need to watch? Well, going in the complete opposite direction <laughs> of that, that's me with horror movies. Like any just, it doesn't, how cheesy, how bad, it doesn't matter. I will sit there and watch them and go on to the next and look at the recommended, also recommended titles and go on to the next. Um, so there's two on Netflix. Uh, I feel like one of them is a little more well-known. Uh, it's called Hush. And uh, it is the gentleman who redid, uh, his name is escaping me now, but he um, redid House on Haunted Hill as a miniseries for Netflix. Um, or I'm sorry, The Haunting of Hill House. That's what it's called. Uh Redid that for Netflix. Amazing. Uh, he, this was one of his first movies that he directed, and it is about a woman who is deaf who is being terrorized in her home, and it's fabulous. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's it's not so much a hidden gem, but it's it, even if you're not a horror fan, like it's a really good, just lots of tension and lots of good, lots of good stuff. Uh, second one that's on Netflix is called Under the Shadow. It is an Iranian film. And it is dubbed on Netflix. Uh, it's set in the 80s, kind of um, when Iran is about to go through some turmoil. And uh, it has supernatural elements, I'll say, kind of juxtaposed with this uh, war, human conflict happening. So it's horror, it's thriller, uh, it's creepy little kids. It's all all the things that I like. So it's uh highly recommend that. From the Under one the parent of the GBC. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks for Katie, for sure. Hundred percent. Okay, so our next question is comes from Chris Davis and he says, Which actor, actress you can sit and listen to all day? Fun question. There for me there's there's a lot of actors, actresses I could listen to. Um one that comes to mind off the top of my head, I do love to listen to Chris Evans. Like he could talk about anything and I will sit there and just listen. Just I don't even care what it's about. I'll listen to Chris Evans talk. Only if it's on video, right? Fair, true, video. But even audio. I think audio would be fine though, too. He's got a nice he's got a nice voice. Um, but I think a maybe random pick is Kristen Stewart. She actually is interesting to listen to. If you watch her interviews, they're kind of like like Twilight Days. They're a little weird, but as she's gotten older, her interviews are really good. And she's she really and I and people might argue with me about it, but she's actually a really good actress in a, in movies that you might have not have seen. She's really really good. She's actually really, really good. She is going to play uh, Princess Diana in a new movie. And the photos of her look pretty good. I mean, they look pretty good. I'm sorry. So I I could listen to Kristen Stewart. I think her, like her, how she thinks about characters and her process is interesting to me. It's very interesting. Uh, Christina, what about you? 
I don't really have one um, where I'm just like, oh, I can listen to them talk all the time. If Catherine O'Hara wants to do Moira Rose all the time, I will sit and listen to that. I will sit and listen to it on hours. Katie sent us something of Sebastian Stan about like letting us sleep, um, helping sleep by the Winter Soldier. I think it was. I don't know really what it was. I didn't listen to the whole thing. It was 92 minutes of Sebastian. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but I feel like I could deal with that. Um yeah, I don't really think of that there's just one person whose voice is like calming to me or that Not I like even to, that, just something to listen that to them find speak interesting. or that I yeah. find interesting. I don't really know that there's one person I find interesting. I'm entertained by certain people. I'm entertained every time JLo gets on TV and tells people she hasn't had any work done on her face or Botox. That type of stuff entertains me um, as she's trying to sell people's face serum. One of my favorite things ever makes me laugh my ass off every single time. Girl, we know. Stop. Um, But no, I am normally I find people entertaining. Like I'm not like, oh, you're so intriguing. I love to listen to you. Um, That's that's not necessarily my thing. I think that to be quite fair, a majority of celebrities need to shut their mouths and let other people decide things. They 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 talk too much quite often. Um, your opinion doesn't matter. You're not living in a real world. Um, and so I don't know. I'm, I'm very conflicted about that, but I don't know that I necessarily have one person that I want to listen to constantly. No, that's fair. That's fair. Katie, what about you? Yeah, I'm taking this just purely on uh, voices that I enjoy. Um, doesn't matter what they say necessarily, just as long as they're, they could read me Dr. Seuss and I'd be fine with it. And I think for me, that's Jeremy Irons. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't it. know why, but like he did a lot of like very, I don't know, bodice ripper kind of <laughs> kind of movies in his past. So there's something about that, like not not so much Scar, but just like his, that, just that that very like refined British thing. I could uh, I, I could fall asleep to that. Yeah. That's a solid choice. I mean, anything British, I could. That's a pretty good choice, actually. That's <laughs> a really good choice. Really good choice. Okay, our last question comes from the Star Wars podcast, and they ask, "What comics do you enjoy the most? Star Wars, Marvel, DC, something more independent?" For me, I am more Star Wars comics right now. Um, I have dabbled into a couple of the newer Marvel comics specifically following the x-men uh last year they had a run of like the house of i think it's called the house of uh the power of x the house of m i think are the were the two it was like a co co co-siding like storyline which was really really good actually um and then yeah i think star wars probably more than anything right now though for me comic book wise christina what about you you reading any comic books i don't read comic books um my extent of comics were from the sunday newspaper when Why i was the hell a kid you on this podcast but really hold the really fuck on. hold on my favorite comics come on bazooka bubblegum all right you're love? canceled 100 the- canceled oh, no. okay katie what is your <laughs> 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 beetle bailey <laughs> my mom used Beetle to buy us bazooka bubblegum and i would make when we were kids my mom would buy bazooka bubblegum and i would make everyone give me their wrappers and their comics and i would read them and i would keep some and then i wouldn't give people them back when they wanted to spit their gum out and i used to make my sister swallow her gum 
there's just so much to unpack in that. I don't even know where to begin. So I'll just move on. Katie, what about you? What are your comics? <laughs> okay, as a kid, I bought a couple of X-Men's because I thought that it would be like X-Men the show. It was not. I didn't understand how comic books worked. <laughs> so I don't have those anymore. But um, and I honestly, I couldn't tell you what they were. Uh, they didn't have, I know they didn't have Jean Grey and Phoenix in them. And so I was not interested. But as an adult... Uh, I quite it's it's Star Wars. I mean, that's my gateway into anything. I quite enjoyed the Leia comic. And then I also uh, really enjoyed Dr. Afra. Oh, my God. That's such a freaking great comic. Oh, I have no concept of what you're speaking of. Oh, my gosh. Okay, she's like a female, female Indiana Jones in Star Wars. Just wrap your head around that. Well, I'm there for that. She yeah, she's She's really fun. She's badass. Yeah. She's really fun and badass. Um, but I do want to give an honorable mention. This is also something I binged uh, towards the end of quarantine. I mean, we're still technically in quarantine. But um, it is The Sandman. It is an audible only uh, James McAvoy. <laughs> that's oh, another voice. Oh, you already got me a McAvoy. Oh, boy. That's another voice. Cat uh, Dennings is also in it. There it is. Really? Uh, it's it's uh, Neil Gaiman, and it is his story that was made into a graphic novel, and it has now been made into an Audible uh, series. I want to say it's twenty episodes. I'm not sure. I can't remember. They vary in length. Um, I binged it in like five days. It was so fascinating to me. I could not stop thinking about it. But it is. Uh, the God of sleep and he loses his power stuff goes bananas here in the mortal realm. And uh, it, it, it just kind of is his adventures and the adventures of lives here on earth. And it's really, it's really, really fun, really fun. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it's based on a graphic novel. So I have to throw it in, but uh, yeah, it's called the Sandman and it's only on audible. You told me I'm McAvoy and Cat Dunning alone, so I think I will so have to. Good. I will have to listen listen to that for sure, for sure. All right, that's it. That is the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for the questions, everybody. We always enjoy when you guys send us the cues. Uh, we always have fun with them. So thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Christina. Where can the good people find you on social media? Twitter and Instagram at a beautiful quest. Lovely. Katie, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Penguin Katie. With a Y. With a Y. Yep, I was going to say. Thank you. (laughs) Katie with a Y. All right, you can follow me, Lauren, on Instagram and Twitter at Nose, And you can follow the podcast at Geek Broads Pod. And you can find this episode and more on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify. We're on a lot of platforms now, so anywhere uh, podcasts are, we should be there. If not, let us know, tweet us, and we will get on that platform so you can listen to us for sure. Uh, Again, uh, thank you guys for the rate and reviews. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, keep those coming again that helps us a lot in the algorithms of podcasting with the rate subscri- uh, subscriptions and all that stuff so please continue to do that as much as you can we appreciate all that 
love and support that you guys have been giving to us. We really appreciate it. So until next time, stay geeky, everybody. Bye.